Hey, my name is Austin Basis. I play JT Forbes on CW's new series, Beauty and the Beast, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 232 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we've got a guest coming your way from a brand new show coming out on the CW. It is from Beauty and the Beast. Austin Basis is coming our way, and the show premieres Thursday, October 11th at 9 p.m., and Austin's going to come on the show, and he's going to tell us all about it and talk about his past because he's been in other things, and he's going to tell us all about it. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so stick around for that. And uh, let's see, the new season has started on TV, and a lot of good shows are coming our way. Uh, I, I, I particularly enjoy Last Resort. I think that's a great show. And Grimm is back on, so that life is good. And there's just so many other ones that are just, uh, you know, Revolution. I like that one. And uh, I don't know. Uh, leave us a message on Facebook, you know, post a thing telling us, telling us what you like for the new TV season, and uh, we'll see how long they're going to last, you know, because you, it's, you never know. Sometimes you think you got a show you like and enjoy, and then all of a sudden it's just not there anymore. So we'll see what happens, but I hope a lot of those shows keep going because they're good. And let's see what else we got to do. We're going to get right into uh, Remake Madness because uh, we got a lot to do. We got Austin coming our way, and it's all coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond, as we take a peek at what's coming away as far as remakes. <laughs> Remake Madness, well, a remake of The Mummy is in the works with Len Weisman, who's going to be in charge of that. And in 1946, Orson Welles gave us The Stranger. Now it's headed down the remake path with Joseph Rubin as the director. Uh, He was also the director of Sleeping with the Enemy, so we'll see what he can do with this one. And David Gordon Green, the director of The Sitter, will be making a big screen remake of... Little House on the Prairie. We'll see how he does it with that one. Uh, going from a comedy to Little House, who knows what it's going to be. That is it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies? Well, a project called Black Hats is in development. It's going to be starring Harrison Ford as Wyatt Earp, and it looks like Harrison is going to be making another Western, this time without the aliens, as far as I know, and it's set for a 2013 release. Look for Will Smith. He's going to star and produce a comedy called My Wife Hates Your Wife, and it's about two couples who are friends until the wives have a falling out, and the two guys must sneak around to keep their friendship going. And look for a film called Agent 13. Now, there's no word of what it's about or what type plot there's going to be, but it is going to be an action sci-fi movie. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, a sequel to the hockey film Goon is in the works. That's right, another hockey film coming your way. 
And the X-Men Days of Future Past has a release date of July 18th, 2014. And Prometheus 2 is now in development from 20th Century Fox. That is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. TV on DVD, well, December 4th, you can get Power Rangers Super Samurai, the complete series on DVD and Blu-ray. And on January 8th, you can look for Season 1 of Dallas. Now, that's the new Dallas TV show, not the old one. And also in January, Men of a Certain Age, Season 2, with Ray Romano and Scott Bakula, will be arriving. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as movies on DVD. Next... Movies on DVD. Well, the movie Lawless will come to Blu-ray and DVD on November 27th, and you can look for Disney's classic Pete's Dragon as it arrives on Blu-ray and DVD on October 16th. And on November 6th, catch Bruce Willis in Fire with Fire. It's an action-packed thriller, so be sure to check that one out. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we got a great guest coming your way. Austin Basis is going to be joining us, and Austin plays the character of J.T. Forbes on the new CW show Beauty and the Beast. Now, this is a remake of the show back in, what, the 80s or 90s that was out with Ron Perlman. And uh, it's a you know, highly anticipated show to see what's going to be going on as they revamp it and bring it back and bring it up to date. So it should be interesting. It premieres Thursday, October 11th at 9 p.m. on The CW, so be sure to check that out. And uh, you might remember Austin from his other roles. Uh, he's played a lot of other things, but, uh, of course, he was math on Life Unexpected. So uh, we'll talk about that, too. It's next, right here, Austin Basis. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who many will remember as Math on Life Unexpected on Thursday, October 11th at 9 p.m., 8 Central. On the CW, yeah. he will be J.T. Forbes on the new Beauty and the Beast. It's Austin Basis. Austin, thank you for joining us here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Austin, Beauty and the Beast is going to pre- premiere yeah. on Thursday, October 11th. What what can you tell us about it? Well, the show is a you know retelling of the classic fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It has its origins in the uh, CBS series of the 1980s. Right. The characters, the main two characters are named Catherine and Vincent. Uh, Vincent being the beast, not Catherine. And uh, it's set in post-9-11 New York City, and Catherine is a police detective, and Vincent is a, um, a veteran of the Afghanistan war. And so it has a lot of... Uh, New twists and turns that 
we live with now in our, you know, in our world, mm-hmm, yeah. and which a lot of which add complications and, and higher stakes, and it's, you know, it's really a, uh, a supernatural romance with a procedural twist, yeah. so with each new episode, you'll, you'll have a new crime, murder that needs to be solved, all at the same time while this relationship between Catherine and Vincent is developing uh, and going through its uh, growing pains. Sounds like it's uh, going there's to be comedy, drama, suspense. There's everything. Everything that makes great TV. Action scenes, girl fights. I mean, what else could you ask for? <laughs> well, tell us about your character, J.T. Forbes. J.T. Forbes is uh, Vincent's uh, lifelong friend. He knew Vincent before he uh, enlisted and before he became the Beast, which you'll find out about in the, in the pilot. Mm-hmm. how that happened. And uh, JT was a, uh, a former medical researcher and was roommates with Vincent, who was going to med school and becoming a doctor. And now he's a professor of biochemistry, uh, JT is. And throughout this time that uh, JT, I mean, Vincent came back to JT, uh, they've been trying to figure out uh, an antidote for Vinton's condition, oh, okay. this, you know, beast that he turns into when his adrenaline kicks into overdrive or his emotions peak. Mm-hmm. And so they've been working together and, you know, JT's been keeping Vincent off the grid because Vincent is supposed to be dead and they have to maintain that, that secret and the secret that he is a beast, uh, because if anyone finds out, they could be killed. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sounds like a little bit of a, a, a mixture of a whole bunch of different shows, like um, uh, the the Hulk from the seventies, where mm-hmm. when he got mad, you know, he would change into the creature. And and uh, so, yeah, I loved the Hulk. I had a, a Hulk lunchbox when I was a kid. <laughs> I think a lot of people. <laughs> <did>. <laughs> yeah, I had Hulk and Welcome Back, Cotter. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, being a remake or a retelling uh, of the TV show and the fairy tale, like you said, yeah. so many people remember the version from the 80s and the 90s, and of course right. people remember the Disney Beauty and the Beast. Uh, now, yeah. the 80s and 90s show being, it's, it's really like a cult status now, did that add any pressure beyond what it takes You know, for even just being a new show, there's pressure, but uh, it, being that cult status, does, does that add anything to it? I think the pressure, uh, I mean, I like to think that, I don't feel any pressure, but I like to think the pressure is on, you know, the network and, the, you know, the creators that are writing the show. And, and you know, namely, uh, Jay Ryan and, and Kristen Cook, who have to fill these shoes mm-hmm. that, you know, Ron Perlman and uh, Linda Hamilton right. were previously, basically, Created in the eyes of the modern world. There's obviously the cartoon, but no one's gonna no one's gonna confuse a cartoon with a right. human. Right. Um, so uh, I feel like you know I don't I'm not sure if you knew that the first, one of the first, I think the first day of production, Linda Hamilton sent a signed autographed uh, photo to both Jay and Kristen, wishing them good luck and kind of handing the torch forward to, uh, you know, give her 
their give them her blessing. Wow, and nice. so I feel like that uh, obviously relieves some of the pressure because sometimes other actors, when you're playing the role that they previously created or were in, there's a little pressure and sometimes there's, you know, some animosity. But with, you know, Linda being so giving like that, I feel like that allowed Kristen to kind of say, this is now, you know, now it's it's my turn. And yeah. uh, it's such a different show that I really don't think people are going to be confused. Right. Once they see the pilot and, you know, you start watching a couple episodes, it has taken on such a different form. And like you're saying a lot of different versions, a lot of different TV genres are mixed in here. We're talking about procedural. We're talking about um, the supernatural. You were talking about a superhero type of uh, kind of dynamic. We're also talking about a romance that right. is going to be an ongoing like spark and, and core of what this show is about. Yes, there's procedural stuff that happened, and that's always interesting for the fans of like CSI and, you know, uh, Law and Order and shows like that. But the core that's driving this whole thing is this connection that uh, Catherine and Vincent have and have had for the past 10 years. And now they've been reunited. They'll be reunited in the pilot and it will kind of kick off from there. Yeah, the, the, I've seen the trailers and uh, it, they look really interesting. I mean, the, the show looks like it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's in a, coming at a time when, you know, shows like Grimm and Once Upon a Time right. are, are doing really well. And so I feel that the fairy tale genre of what people formerly, and even the superhero genre with, you know, what Christopher Nolan did with Batman, Mm-hmm. is now in the 20th, the 21st century right and is has a rougher edge has a more human uh, character to it it's not polished it's not comic booky it it has that rough raw quality that you know the the best dramas on TV have right yeah. uh, we're, we're a network show so we can't really do the stuff that uh, you know, the cursing and the, the right. killing. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although there is a lot of killing in our show, but um, <laughs> the nudity and the stuff like that, that, you know, shows like uh, networks like HBO and Showtime right. and um, AMC kind of get away with. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we have to keep it within the parameters of uh, a family audience. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is an edgy show, and I think, uh, you know, not everyone... Uh, may want their nine-year-old to see the show. But <laughs> well, anyone yeah. over 13 yeah. is perfect for, for this, this show. Yeah. Well, you watch shows uh, like, uh, and you've been on one of them, the one I'm going to mention here, uh, Supernatural. That, that's a right. pretty intense show. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, there's a lot of elements of, I say Supernatural like the genre, but like Supernatural, the show, there are a lot of elements, you know, with the special effects and, you know, the, it, they, they tell some dark stories on that show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They occasionally have that comedy, comic episodes that I, I was lucky enough to be part of, um, but the, it's a dark show, so I don't, you know, I think, I think there's a, there's a, 
an audience out there that likes that type of stuff, especially because it's it's has a supernatural element. There's right. nothing about Vincent turning into a beast that will scare anyone and and, and uh, make anyone think that that's going to actually happen right. or that could actually happen. But to live in a world, you know, as characters and actors, that that is a fact that that could happen. Is, is fun and also I guess the writers and the, the network too to write for stuff with that potential it you know it, it adds a, a, an imagination to it that you know dramas and family family shows and um, procedurals don't have yeah like normal procedurals yeah yeah now uh, were you a fan of the 80s and 90s version of the, the Beauty and the Beast? I I think I may have crossed. I mean, I was pretty young, um, but I may have crossed it on my my TV a couple times. But it, I think my wife watched it. But we were both really young, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, you know, it was. A, it seemed to me like at that time a more of an adult skewing show, whereas our show is a little uh, younger in its target demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are younger. The you know, just it, the, even the even the procedural aspect of it. It's not we're not doing like high end adult like lawyer stuff and uh, yeah. you know corporate corporate greed and stuff like that. You know, people at a at a dance school at a, you know an art gallery where it's you know kind of hip. You know, kind of environments that these crimes are happening. In, only on TV can that happen, but it's, it's. Um, I think the the original skewed a little older, and so I was younger and I missed the boat. But yeah. you know, yeah. my wife liked it, and so she she's definitely gonna watch this one. So <laughs> if, better, if that's right? any if that's, a, if that's any sign, and she did like the pilot. So that's uh, you know, glowing review from uh, Austin Bases' wife. Yeah. <laughs> now, when so you've had, you've had a chance to see. Uh, a couple of shows, or or just the the first one, or have you... I, I've seen the pilot. You know, because yeah. that we did that in uh, March and April, and you know, there's whenever they do a pilot, a lot of times, you know, every a lot of things are temporary. Like sometimes actors are temporary. Luckily, in our show, that wasn't the case. Yeah. But um, the 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 score and you know certain songs they use and. Uh, some editing things because now they have to put it on in a time frame where it has to be about 41, 42 minutes because there's commercials right. and they have to kind of divide it more definitively into act breaks. Uh, and maybe sometimes a couple of scenes get reshot. If they're going to go to series and it's going to be on the air, they want to make sure that whatever storylines they're setting up for the future are, Started and, and born in that in that pilot, and if certain scenes don't necessarily have that for the pilot, because you got to get a lot of information into a pilot so that people know what's going on. And so, uh, so I haven't seen the finished version of the pilot mm-hmm. with the new scenes and the you know new score, but uh, I think my stuff is going to stay the same. I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be ended up on uh, the, the cutting room floor, huh? <laughs> oh God, man, I've been. <laughs> working for two months it's, it'll be like such such a waste but it's not like they're not going to pay me if right. they cut me out of it so um, 
But I'm glad about that. So how did you get the part? I Well, Life Unexpected, uh, the previous CW show I did, mm-hmm. yeah. Gary Fleeter, who directed the pilot of Beauty and the Beast, directed the pilot of Life Unexpected and uh, came on actually as an executive producer. His uh, company uh, helped produce Life Unexpected. He directed, I think, five or six episodes after the pilot and, you know, stayed on, obviously, as a um, a consulting executive producer for every episode. And he uh, he also directed me in a, the pilot of Life on Mars. Oh, um, yes. A lot of life shows. Uh, and so he brought me in to meet the producers, Jennifer Levin and, uh, Sherry Cooper. And it it went really well. It, you know, kind of like he thought of me when he read the script and got the the job, he thought of me for the role and he, he was pretty much sure that I was the role and he and I convinced, uh, Jennifer and Sherry and, uh, you know, the rest is history. I didn't even have to audition. I only auditioned once and, that was kind of a first for me, and it was happened to a couple of my friends of mine this pilot season, and it's it's such a a relief and a gift not to have to go through the testing process. Yeah, I'm sure. Which happens at the the pilot level, where you'll have to do your audition in front of a, an audience of ten people for the studio, and then if you get past that, you have to make that round. You get the final audition is the network test, where some of those people and then all the network people are there. So like you're talking about like 15 people sitting around in a room watching you do your scenes and every other actor that's going up against you. And you sit in a waiting room with all the other actors that you're going up against. And wow. it's, it's a highly stressful experience. And I feel like a lot of people don't love auditioning, but it's an exciting thing. It's just, you know, one out of, every four of those people sitting in the waiting room is going to get the part. Right. Three other people aren't going to get the part. Yeah. And sometimes no one gets the part and they bring people back. And that happens more often than you would think. Hmm. So you're testing for a show and you're like, oh, I have, only have to beat out these two guys for the role. And then none of you get the role and they go back to the drawing board and bring in new people. And you're like, oh, crap, you know? <laughs> um, so I didn't have to deal with any of that. Wow. I just got it. Jeez, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you start in acting? Is it something you always wanted to do? I I loved, you know, performing and, you know, dressing up, you know, on Halloween. And I'm Jewish, so Purim is another time. So I had two Halloweens as a kid. <laughs> you get to dress up for Purim and, and Halloween. And, uh, and then for masquerades or uh, contests in junior high school, I used to do that stuff and um, win a gift certificate to like Sam Goody <laughs> in New York. Um, it's a music store. You can yep, get a, yep. like, you know, you get your, your local, uh, it was in those days, it was cassette tapes. Right. Yeah. I'm dating myself, but uh, anyway, uh, and all throughout growing up, um, I went to Subway camp, uh, upstate New York, uh, to a place called Camp Monroe. And every summer, each age group does their own play. You know, they cut down, it's a cut down version of like summer stock theater, uh, mainly musicals, pretty much all musicals. And, uh, I would do the, the summer plays every, you know, whatever play was in my age group, I'd be in the play and 
um, always kind of played the charactery, funny role. Mm-hmm. Uh, never was a great singer. Uh, I've improved through voice classes, but I wouldn't call myself a natural singer, and so I had to work that much harder to to make people enjoy me singing a song. Uh, and so it was. Uh, from then, it was like kind of like that little bug that just it was. You know, I was in my element when I was in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. My family is very has that entertainment gene, and so I was encouraged at home, you know, to do that stuff. We used to dress up. I had a costume chest that I'd collect all this, these costumes over the years and get dressed up and kind of perform for the adults when, you know, the guests would come over, the kids would come upstairs. We'd like, you know, hang out, get ready. And we'd sometimes put on these shows uh, with all my costumes and my mom's old makeup, my dad's old shirts, and I'd have a mustache and uh, uh, a little Tupperware on my head. And I, I've seen pictures of me like being a fake magician with like uh, like a stick in my hand and, and uh, a Tupperware pot on my head and, and a fake mustache now, drawn in with my mom's like lip liner or eyeliner. Have any of those ever shown up on the internet? <laughs> um, not yet, no, thankfully. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it was a kind of a natural evolution. It was kind of always in me. Uh, and when my dreams of becoming a, a baseball player and, you know, my next dream was to possibly be a doctor. Like that was the, the intellectual dream, mm-hmm. um, or goal of going to college and school. When those two things kind of fell through, I, uh, I was left with just my natural kind of acting talent and uh you know a choice to say am i going to fully commit to this and and take classes and 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 keep on uh uh going to school and getting better and then try to really make it in a world that you know a business that most people don't like to be honest like professional sports is kind of like that but if, if you don't get a job acting, you can't really act anywhere, you know? Right. It's like you, someone else has to give you the, the, you know, the privilege of doing it. With, with sports, you could play in an amateur league. I play baseball on Sundays with my brother in L.A. Mm-hmm. just to keep that, you know, kind of fantasy alive. Yeah. Uh, not that I'd ever play professionally, but it's, it's, it's just fun to kind of occasionally get that hit that you feel like would have made the highlight reel or – you make a diving catch and you're like, oh my God, I feel like a major leaguer. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, even at, you know, even when I'm in my mid-30s. <laughs> now, you went to uh, the Actors Drama School, correct? Uh, the the Actors Studio. Actors Studio, the yeah. Actors Studio Drama School. So, so it's yeah. a drama school, yet you did improv and comedy sketch, right? Yes. You did that, okay. I mean, that's quite a difference between the two. Uh, do you prefer drama over comedy or comedy over drama or, or you just want to work? <laughs> um, I feel like the best drama has good comedy in it because it, the, the deeper and darker the, the stakes and the drama and the, the conflict gets, there's always, there always needs to be, I feel like, a relief from that tension mm-hmm. and that's where people naturally make a joke or, you know, comedies are more uh, I think uh, my one of my improv friends, uh, Dave Malbeck, used to uh, quote Mel Brooks. Uh, 
He said, it's a tragedy if I get a paper cut, but if you fall down a ditch and die, it's comedy. It's hysterical. Right. Like, and I think that's so funny because that's what comedy is. It's like the stakes are like through the roof and people acting crazy in those stakes and, and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then drama are the, a lot of times, you know, the daily ins and outs of a day that are not as funny as, uh, you know, someone tripping over themselves and tumbling down a flight of stairs right? Uh, in a funny way. Yeah. Um, and not getting hurt. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I mean, the actor studio I went to, and when I graduated, it was like right around 9-11, and it was a big, you know, kind of turning point where you kind of have to reassess what acting is and, you know, is this worth it in, in this new kind of crazy world that uh, we were presented with mm-hmm. and, um, you know, post-tragedy. And so it was, a, it was a process and I felt like after I'd been through three years of, you know, heavy method, sensory works, Lee Strasberg, Stanislavski, you know, actor studio method, that a release and a, a creative uh, catharsis, the natural thing was improv. And so I found an expression of that kind of stifled because everything shut down after 9-11. And, mm. and so the stuff that I was like kind of pent up with from school and ready to kind of share with the world, it, it was stifled because uh, everything shut down. And so I chose to do the improv and sketch comedy and it was a creative outlet and provided the the foundation for me to kind of go out and and audition for paid theater and 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 all that stuff and uh and start my career yeah uh you know more on the serious dramatic side even though a lot of the roles i go in for have you know humor involved right yeah When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, and you're also a poet, correct? I, I saw on your website um, a, a poem that you wrote called An Actor Without an Audience. And yeah. that was really, I mean, it, it really is a very intriguing poem because it, it I don't know, it, just reading it, it felt like I knew you better. Yeah, I mean, that, it, I feel like a lot of actors feel the way I was trying, what I was trying to express in, in that poem, because it is there, what, you know, you question what brings people, what drives people to go on stage and pretend and do something, play a character in front of other people to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's the personal drive. It's not just that you want to be a storyteller. Um, some people it is, and they sometimes do stand up comedy, but, uh, or write. But as an actor, there's a there's a thrill and there's a I, I kind of liken it to 
almost getting closer to who you really are mm-hmm. because of the parameters of, of the pretend world. So whether you're playing, I mean, not that if you're playing a serial killer or a murderer, you're, you're closer to yourself, but there's parts of who I am that I don't tap into on an everyday basis that I have to try to navigate and excavate when I have to play someone who kills people Mm -hmm. or it has something negative associated, even positive, like someone who is really excited or I'm very laid back. So I have to make choices that I don't usually make to, to make the, the circumstances and the, uh, the scenes that my character is involved in makes those stakes higher so that the expression of joy or happiness or laughter could come out in me. Uh, I'm not going to just go and try to figure out a fake laugh to do. Yeah. I'm going to try to find it within me so that I could, I could really laugh and I could really be what the character requires. And um, so I feel like in that poem is all that and the fact that between jobs as an actor is like you're walking through a desert. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like you need water. You need water to live. And for a lot of creative people, it's doing whatever creative, whether it's painting, singing, playing an instrument, uh, acting. When you're not doing that, there's this kind of gap or void in your life. And that leads into actually why I did improv is because nothing was going on. I wanted to be involved in something. And so that provided that uh, source to fill my the void that was left when kind of like the acting business or the TV commercial business shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, I feel like I, I tried to express that in the comment. I mean, you know, uh, hopefully I, I achieved my goal. Yeah, it's very hopefully good. Hopefully I, you know, very accomplish good. it. Yeah. Well, we're going to finish up here, but uh, uh, do, okay. you have, do you have any projects that you can tell us about that you're working on besides uh, Beauty and the Beast? Is there anything, any movies? Well, um, as, as an actor on a TV show, if you talk to most kind of busy series regulars, especially a drama, only because the shooting schedule is so extreme. I mean, most days are 12 to 14 hours mm-hmm. uh, and we shoot eight day episodes so you know before you know it and a lot of times you get multiple scripts so you're doing this episode and the next script comes out for the next episode and so in this case this episode ends on a Monday mm-hmm. and so the next episode starts on a Tuesday Uh-oh. so <laughs> there's a lot of you know I, I am a person that I feel like this is, I want to focus. I like being, I kind of have a one track mind. So I want to focus and make, do the best that I can doing my present job. Mm-hmm. If someone approaches my managers, agents, or some movie role comes up that I can balance with during the show, which probably has to happen after the show, the season, um, in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and that's what a lot of people do. They'll do a couple movies during the summer uh-huh. while their show is on hiatus. So yeah. um, it's really hard as a, a regular uh, on a drama series to find 
time for even yourself, let alone another project. So that's where I'm at right now. I just want to do the best job uh, as JT Forbes mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, contribute 150% of what I can do to the series. Also enjoy, we were shooting in Toronto, so, you know, you want to live your life. And uh, I just celebrated my first anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Uh, I got married last year, so thank you. And so, you know, just to get to spend time with my wife and and uh, and our cat. <laughs> I had to say our cat because my wife is, is standing right there. Um, so, uh, our cat, Willow. Anyway, uh, to, to enjoy life and, and get the most out of it especially when I'm working and doing well. And, oh, yeah. and when you don't have work, it's a grind and you know, you're constantly auditioning and looking for that next gig. And so um, I like to take advantage of the opportunity that I have now by having, you know, yeah. having that pocket of free time in between episodes in between days to, um, you know, spend it with yeah. the people I love. Final two questions. Yeah. Taking us away from your acting and everything. When you yeah. kick back and relax, one, do you watch TV? But the question is, what are your favorite shows now and in the past? What has it been? What's your favorite TV shows? My favorite TV show right now is Breaking Bad. Ah. Um, you know, everybody says that, tells me that. <laughs> Have you watched it? Yeah, it's, I mean, but, but everybody I ask during my interviews, they, they seem to say that show. That seems to be a, a very popular show. Yeah, it, you know, Breaking Bad, you know, for, it's just, I just love it. It's just the best show, acting, writing this season. I can't believe it didn't win, but I, I did like Homeland. Mm, um, yeah. And Homeland had great acting, and also it was a great uh, season of TV. So uh, I, I also like that show, but it's, like, so new that it's, um, I, I don't know if I can, like, warm up to it as much as I have with Breaking Bad because it's been years uh, since that's been my favorite show. And, you know, uh, comedy-wise, Curb Your Enthusiasm and, and, and shows like uh, Modern Family uh, uh, yeah. are are shows that I like to watch. Um, trying to think if there's anything else on, on cable. Uh, that's it. I mean, like, uh, yeah, we did watch the first season. We're up in, in Toronto, so we don't have the same situation with our, our TV station. So uh, our, yeah. like... TV watching game is off, <laughs> so you caught us in like an off season. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, so you know we may have to invest in some Netflix or right. you know, just, <laughs> just like oh yeah, I love Scandal. Uh, ah, my yes. friend Kerry Washington is on Scandal, and I think she's awesome. And I think the I think the show is really yeah. Bellamy, in fact, Bellamy it. Young, who plays uh, the, the first lady, was on our show last week. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first lady, Bellamy Young. Yeah, uh, was on the the show. Yeah, and now, yeah. Uh, what about movies? Yeah. What are your favorite movies of all time? Oh my god! I just actually did a list of uh, uh, my my ten favorite movies, and these like I, I made I had to narrow it down to movies that I could watch at any time because mm-hmm. like uh, movies like I love The Shining and I love like The Godfather, wow, um, yeah. and you know I I even love The Truman Show too, but it's like there's certain you got to be in a certain place to to watch and Schindler's List like I can't sit down and catch the middle of Schindler's List and and turn it on and, and kind of say oh I'm gonna watch the rest of this it's a three hour movie and yeah. it's also 
fairly dramatic. Right. Yeah. So um, the I would have to say uh, it's Silence of the Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love uh, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. I have to go with a couple of comedies: Tommy Boy, Ace Ventura. <laughs> Uh, I was a big fan of E.T. growing up. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. That's another one that's a long one, but it's like any point you pick it up, it's you have to watch the right, rest of it. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, Rocky, all the Rockies. Right. We, uh, me and my brothers love the Rockies. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a slice of, you know, yeah. where where my, like, interests lie. I like comedies. I like, you know, suspense type movies, um, and uh, I'm not that big of an you know an action movie fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But my wife has kind of turned me a little in you know the superhero genre. Oh, I have to say Inception too, because that we that's like one of those movies you had to see several times. Oh yeah, you had to. <laughs> it's because I love the like Christopher Nolan is just it's just epic. Like he. Detailed, epic, and it, I just uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. But um, the Inception, we've been taught, we still talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Austin, um, I want to thank you so much. I can't wait to see the premiere of the show, and uh, I I wish you luck with it. And I thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, no problem. It was, uh, it was a great conversation, and uh, you know, love to do it again when our. Uh, our show gets picked up for the second season. And a big shout-out to Austin Basis for joining us here at On Screen to Beyond. I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us in his busy schedule. The new show is coming out on Thursday, October 11th at 9 p.m. on The CW. Be sure to catch Beauty and the Beast. Sounds like it's going to be a good one. And let's see what else we got going on here. If you're going to be doing some shopping uh, as, as we start approaching, I know it's early, but as we start approaching the shopping season for the holidays, um, if you're going to be buying something from one of our sponsors, go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you'll see him there. And uh, just because it says that it's a, the, the ad is for, um, say, DVDs, you don't necessarily have to buy DVDs. You can just click on it, get to their site, and you can do your shopping. And... It helps out the show here at On Screen and Beyond, so we'd appreciate that if you do that. And you can just go click on the ad, go there, and get whatever you need, and uh, we would appreciate it. So, if you're going to be doing that, and if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us, and we're up there. And we uh, post uh, all kinds of stuff up there, so we appreciate it if you join us. And we'd love you to go to onscreenandbeyond.com and check out our movie reviews, our DVD movie and TV on DVD reviews and we also have of course the past over 230 guests interviews here at onscreenandbeyond.com and you can check them all out they're all there so if you're just starting listening to on screen and beyond go back and you can listen to all the different people that we've had they tell their stories and it's just fascinating they give us some great insight into their careers and into show business itself. You can also go to onscreenandbeyond.com and go to our book nook and find some great movie TV type books and uh, all that. And uh, we make it convenient. So if you want the, some of the DVDs or the movie books, just click on it. Uh, we have a little click thing where you'll go and get those if you want to get them and uh, purchase them. So that is about it. Next week, we got another fascinating guest coming your way. 
And until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.